0: Everybody was kung fu fighting. Ha! Those guys were lightning. lightning. Oh, yeah. Greetings and, and salutations, everybody lightning. in podcast land. This is the Judo but Chop Suey Podcast, and I'm your host, Judo Dave Roman. You could just call me Judo Dave or Dave or Dave Roman, it doesn't matter. I'm very happy to be back doing another podcast, talk about uh, things related to Judo and. And the grappling scene as a whole. Today is December 11th, 2016. We are officially at the two-week mark for Christmas. And I've still got a bunch of Christmas shopping to do. I don't know about you. But um, i got to get on the ball. I've got Christmas cards to send out. I've got gifts to buy my son's. And I've got a vacation coming up that I need to prepare for and and plan as well. So I got a lot of things going on on my plate besides uh, work and besides training. I had a uh, pretty good weekend spending time with my family. We watched a Christmas movie, which is a little bit of a tradition for us. Usually on a weekend before Christmas, we all sit down as a family and, and watch some kind of a movie and have s'mores sometimes we'll have hot cocoa. The reason why I do this is I only have my own sons every other weekend and sometimes uh, every other week as well. So I want to make sure that when we are all here as a family, we could do something that's Christmas-ish because we're living in sunny Tampa Bay, Florida, and we never see snow. And we're trying to have some kind of Christmas spirit, a holiday spirit, whatever you want to call it. And it's nice to get together as a family instead of being huddled on our devices and laptops and things like that. And, and it's something that we try and do every single weekend uh, that they're here. Um, along those lines, I've been bringing my boys to judo with me recently. They are both white belts. They've never done judo before, if you can believe that. I, they never showed an interest in it previously. And lately, my younger son has shown an interest. And since my older son is not really doing anything in terms of extracurricular activities, I decided to, for lack of a better term, force him to go. But he's, it shouldn't, forcing him is not the right word. He's actually enjoying it. It's more about encouraging him to try something new. Because it's important to me that both of them have some kind of experience in Judo. Um, If for nothing more than to learn how to take a fall properly, I think that's an important life lesson. And they are doing pretty well for beginners. I got to hand it to them. I'm very proud of their effort. Both of them are showing me a lot of effort on the mats. Both of them are listening to instruction and following the instructions to the best of their ability. I've already had them doing some Rondori with me and with some of the other kids. And the most important thing for me is that they learn how to take a break fall properly when they're getting thrown. Um, I was telling them over during the last class that falling on the mats or falling down in general It's the complete opposite of what we have all been taught as people since the very first day we have walked or even people who may not be able to walk very well or in wheelchairs. You don't want to fall and falling is bad. Falling has always been bad. That's the thing that's been drilled in our heads once we get kids to Learn how to walk as children. We try our best to make sure that they don't fall and we try and pick them up when they fall. But judo has a way of doing the exact opposite in the sense that in order to become good at judo, you have to do very awkward things with your body and you have to do things that are not natural with your body for judo to become natural. So that is a lesson that both of them are learning currently. And, um, For the boys to learn ukemi is one of the most important lessons for me that I hope that I can impart to them through judo. And I told them a couple of weeks ago that whether you continue with judo when you're adults or whether you decide to quit and move on, I'm hoping that throughout this experience, you can learn some lessons that you will carry for the rest of your life. In our last class on Friday... We went over the basics of Yoko Ukemi, Side Break Falls. And we went over the basics of Osotogari. Gari. And they did pretty well. Uh, their, their Ukemi came along very well toward uh, after practicing for about 20 minutes. And that may seem like a long time, but like I said before, as an instructor, it's very important for me that both of the boys and really any of the students that I have learn proper ukemi because they will be more relaxed when they're doing rondori and i really believe for a beginner the key to becoming good at judo at a much quicker pace is to train with people who are better than you and take your break falls i mean it is so important to me that all students learn to take break falls willingly It's not much different than some of the lessons that I've learned in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu where they tell you, a good instructor will tell you to tap early and to tap often. And because I believe that tapping is learning, and during Rondori, I believe that falling is learning. And if you're stiff and you have stiff arms out there and you don't want to take a fall, you're going to impede your progress. It, It is so critical to me that all of my students that I have, well, they're not my students. I'm an assistant instructor. We covered that before. But the students that I am teaching, it's important to me that they learn to take their break falls and take them willingly and take them often. It doesn't mean that if you take a fall that you're going to lose on the mats. It doesn't, that's not how it works. So with that being said, I'm very proud of my sons and their effort in, Learning ukemi, and I will continue to drill it into them for at least the next few months until they understand to be loose and rondori. And both of them have been. They're very loose, they are not stiff arming, and I think that's a, a good thing for their development. As for myself, I have been on the shelf for the past week. I recently threw out my back, unfortunately, during training, and it was really the silliest thing. One of my students that I was doing Rondori with pulled on my arm, taking a grip very gently, I might add, but it was enough for some reason to throw out my back. My back had been stiff uh, for the past week prior to that training session, and it's one of those situations where you hear where people bend over to tie their shoes and they throw out their back or they pick up a, a gallon of milk off the shelf and they throw out their back. It was just one of those fluke things that something caused my back to get uh, thrown out. And right now I'm dealing with some back spasms. I'm trying to work through those and massage those out because I've got a vacation coming up in a month. And I want to make sure that I'm healthy for that vacation and not complaining about my tight back or my sore back or I can't bend over, wah, 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 wah. So I'm not going to be the complainer on my trip. And I'm not going to be a complainer in the dojo either. So trying to suck it up and provide as much assistance to the sensei of that dojo as much as I can, helping the students out. But for Rondori, uh, Rondori is a no-go for me until my back is 100%. I am almost 42 years old, and there is no way I'm going to do anything to cause me to be injured long term. Ooh, somebody's getting bored. All right, so we'll switch up topics here since people are yawning over all this droning on that I'm doing about judo and my weekend and all that kind of stuff. There is breaking news! Yes, there's breaking news in the judo world, and it has to do with the International International Judo 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 Federation. Federation. Oh! The big bad monster, that's the IJF, has decided to tinker with its rules for the 2017 Olympic cycle. Why? Why? Why Nancy Kerrigan? Yeah, that's what I want to know. She wants to know. We all want to know what's going on with the International Judo Federation and what they're doing to change the rules again. And some of these are good. Some of them are bad. Some of them may me go, What the? F-? <laughs> News of these ru- rule changes broke on a website called uh, www.alljudo.net. It's a French website. That's right. It's a French website. And I can't really understand much French. I mean, I can read French. A little bit and kind of decipher oh look that's an English word oh and that's another English word maybe if I put them together a story will come out so I was reading this and whatever all the things that I couldn't understand I just went into translate.google.com put in the put in the sentences and then it all made sense but all broke the story on Wednesday and I was shocked to see some of the rule changes but And on Wednesday, it was just a rumor. But on Friday, the International Judo Federation, the Big Bad Wolf, published an article stating what those rule changes are going to be. So I'll read for you what the International Judo Federation put out on its website on the news section. Here's the title. Wide Consensus for the Adapted Rules of the Next Olympic Cycle. The International Judo Federation has worked on the new regulations and published them today. They will apply for the next Olympic cycle. The goal is to promote the rules of Judo and make them easier to understand, as well as to simplify them. We'll see about that. The purpose of these rules is to give priority to the attack and to the realization of ippon. A final document will be prepared and sent before the end of the year. A proposal to include a team event during the Olympic Games will also be sent to the IOC. That'll be interesting. This event will be a mixed team event, including three women in the under 57, under 70 and 70 over kilograms and three men under 73, under 90, and over 90 kilos. A test period at the international level will start at the beginning of January 2017 on the occasion of the first Continental Open of the year in Africa and will end after the World Championships in Budapest in August, September 2017. The Tokyo Grand Slam 2016 marked the end of the Olympic cycle, which saw the crowning of 14 new Olympic champions in Rio last August. A whole new cycle now opens, starting with the Paris Grand Slam in February 2017, which will end during the next Olympic Games in to- Tokyo 2020, as was the case in 2012 following the London Games. Shut up. I'll shut up. Whatever. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of this uh, this article here. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Below is a summary of the new revised rules. Duration of contest. Now, what I'll do here... I'll take a look at these rules and I'll give you my opinion on them. And I'll start right from the top here with duration of contest. Men and women, four minutes. Okay. Respect for parity as wished by the IOC and fight time unity for the Olympic mixed team event. Only scores, technical scores, will decide a contest. Okay, so... When I first heard of the rules on AllJudo.net and read that the men's time were reduced to four minutes, I was not in agreement with that. But now that the IJF has cleared up that they're looking to do team events, I think this rule change makes sense because you want to have a level of consistency between the men and the women if they are going to be mixed team events. So initially, when I read this rumor, I was against this rule change. But now, when I see that this is specifically for the team events, this change is made for the team events. I think that makes sense. Now, one could argue, well, they should have bumped up the women to five minutes. Um, yeah, I agree with that. And that if somebody were to argue that, I would not. I don't feel strongly about that either way but I think four minutes is good for both men and women so long as the action is nonstop and the new rules that they're putting in place for 2017 try to achieve that goal. The next one here, golden score. In the case where there is no scores or scores are equal, the contest will continue in golden score. Any score and or penalties from regular time will remain on the scoreboard. Okay. The decision in the golden score is made by the difference of score or Shido. Now, I thought that they would make some kind of changes in regards to Shido. I don't like seeing winner by Shido. And the way that this is being phrased by the International Judo Federation, it would seem that in golden score, if you have more Shido at the end... That that will determine the end result of the match. So we'll see how that plays out during the next Olympic cycle. Bullet point number three. Evaluation of the points. There will now only be Ipon and Wazari. The value of Wazari includes those given for Yuko in the past. The Wazari do not add up. Two Wazari are no longer the equivalent of Ipon. Immobilizations, Osai Komi, Wazari is 10 seconds, Ipon 20 seconds. Okay, I don't like this at all. I have argued for a long time prior to the rule change in 2010 that if you wanted to reduce the amount of incessant leg grabbing and leg diving in judo to get rid of the coca and the yuko. Now they got rid of the coca and they just banned leg grabs outright. Now I think that's better for aesthetic purposes. I've said said that before, but I don't think that's better for judo as a sport or as a martial art. Um, But it's certainly better for TV. Now, Not only did they remove the Yuko, but the Wazari is the equivalent of a Yuko and up um, below a pawn. So if you don't get any pawn, it's basically a Yuko slash Wazari. And I don't like that. I don't like the value of the Wazaris don't add up. Two Wazaris, it has been the norm. For as long as I can remember and for as long as I can understand judo's been around, competitive judo anyway, we're talking decades upon decades, Wazari was always the equivalent of a Nippon. I don't know why they would change this. To me, this is, this is like changing the value of a touchdown in football from six points to four points. It doesn't make sense. It, even if it made sense to the rule makers, there has been a tradition that people have understood for decades and this is basically just shoving it in the face of everybody that has done d- judo for decades and changing the, the the definition of it i was told coming up through judo i've always been told that wazari is a half point ipon in competition is a full point now the ijf is changing the very definition of what wazari is and AllJudo.net had reported that previously it was going to be four Wazari could equal one Ippon. But on the IJF site, it does not look like that is going to be the case. It says the Wazari do not add up. So this is interesting. And I think two things can come out of this. Either the competitors are going to... Go for the Ipon more often and not for a minor score. Or they're just going to rack up enough Wazaris to win a match. And I think the latter is going to happen. I think what's going to happen is you're not you're going to get guys who get up on scores. A couple of Wazari, let's say two or three Wazari. And they're not going to fight for the Ipon anymore. They're just going to try and maintain that lead. And you're, I, in my opinion, and I hope I'm wrong, and I very well could be wrong, but I hope I'm wrong. I think this is going to lead to less Ipon because I think coaches and their players are going to form strategies that just give them an advantage and try and secure a win with that minor advantage. I just don't see if. You are up a wazari or two. Why would you take more risks trying to go for the pawn? I mean, it's it. I don't think this is going to be good for TV in the long term, and it's unfortunate that when the IJF makes these decisions, they do it for an entire Olympic cycle. Now let's take a look at the penalty section here. There are now three shido instead of previously four. The third Shido becomes Hansoku Maki. Now this section covers a a bunch of different topics. So I want to comment on the Shido. I think this can be a good thing where the players are now going to be more mindful that they can't make as many mistakes. They have to do the things that they need to do in order to secure a win and not lose. They're going to have to move more, they're going to have to attack more, they're gonna to have to create more action. Um and that could be a good thing because they can't stand out there taking their grips or grip fighting incessantly without doing anything. And in regards to that last comment with the grip fighting, I think um this next bullet point under the penalties section might clear some things up. So it says here in order to simplify the refereeing and its understanding all the actions that have been punished in the past on how to grab the judogi will not be more penalized. That includes pistol grip, two hands on the same side, fingers in the sleeve. All right, let's get back to my comment here. That's shocking to me. And I think that is a great thing. Not that it's shocking. I like that they are removing the gripping restrictions. Some of these other grips, I don't think is a Good idea. Fingers in the sleeve should probably be penalized. But you know what? I don't care. I don't ever put fingers in the sleeve. So as a recreational judoka, I don't think that's very important to me. For competitors, I think this is a good thing. I did not like the rules against two hands on the same side. And continuing with this, let me just finish this next bullet point here. Kumikata will not be penalized as long as Tori is preparing an attack, but negative position will be penalized. Uh, The time for making, I'm sorry, the time for taking a grip and making an attack is 45 seconds. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but let's get back to the Kumikata. Previously, they made a rule change where you could not break the grip with two hands on one. And I think going back to a more simpler approach to calling kumikata is a great thing. Look, I'll be honest. My judo instructor learned from Jimmy Pedro. And through him, I learned a lot of grip fighting strategies. And when they changed the rules, they changed a lot of how I played. Now, for long-term judo development for myself, that was a good thing. Because basically, I stopped grip fighting. I learned how to, I got better, and I learned how to perform certain throws without my quote-unquote favorite grip or without constantly stripping grip or getting better positions. Even if I was playing people who are better than me, it was important for me to learn how to do the techniques that I do most often from a natural grip or whatever grip I can get. And I think that's the the essence of judo is to, do what your opponent is or take what your opponent is doing and find an advantage out of that. I think that's a good that was a good lesson for me to learn and that's how I approached my training when they made some of the kumikata changes. I believe they made those changes back in 2013 or 2014, they changed some of the kumikata rules. But two hands on the same side, the fingers in the sleeve, pistol grip, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, I think those are all good things. Now, I can't envision Using The pistol grip was always illegal ever since I started doing judo. uh, As far as I thought, the pistol grip was illegal. So I will never go to a pistol grip. I don't think I need a pistol grip for proper judo development for myself. But for the students in my class, I will certainly show them some of these techniques. And if I have to, I will go to somebody who knows the pistol grip. And knows how to utilize the pistol grip and learn from him and then I can teach the students in my class. Now I am wondering whether these Kumikata or the lack of Kumikata penalties, does that mean I can use my knee to break the pistol grip? Does that mean I can use my leg to to break other types of grips? Does that mean I can slap the hands out um, as I am trying to break a grip to reestablish my own grip? That remains to be seen. It'll be interesting to see the next international contest in 2017. How that will be called. It'll be interesting to see what the players are doing. But you can be bet. You can bet right now. The coaches and players all over the world are devising strategies and tactics to take advantage of these rules because that's what competitive judo is all about. Not only is it about winning against your opponent, but also winning against the rules and trying to take advantage of the loopholes and all the rules that are out there. Um, any little advantage a competitor can get is important to the coach. It's important to the country. It's important to winning medals. And and at that level, that's what it's all about. You get sponsors. You get a lot of people uh, donating to your cause and the bottom line is that you've got to win. So even though this may not be quite the high-level sports as it is, like in the NFL or in the NBA or, or if you're listening around the world, something like cricket or football, winning matters at competitive judo. And they will do anything to find an advantage within the rules or in their opponents to win. Um, so let's continue with the penalties here. In case of a defensive attitude, shido will be given, which... I, I agree with leg grabbing or grabbing the trousers shall be penalized first by Shido and secondly by Hansokumaki. Now, I think for aesthetic purposes, taking away the leg grabs was a good thing, uh, especially if you're going to keep the Koka and the Yuko. Um, but what I would have liked to have seen is to get rid of the Koka, get rid of the Yuko. Keep Wazari as it is and allow the leg grabs. But this last point here will be the leg grabbing or grabbing the trousers is going to be penalized by Shido first. Well, I really believe what's going to happen at the end of the day is these players are going to use that advantage to get out of a bad situation. If the player and the coach... Manages their Shido properly throughout their match. And the player feels like he's about to get thrown for a pawn. Or or get thrown for a Wazari that's going to put the opponent up by a Wazari. This grabbing the leg being penalized by Shido is a get out of jail free card. It's your... In the equivalent of NBA basketball, it's your first foul in the last two minutes. It's a, it's like a timeout. A, that's how it's going to be used. That's how I predict it's going to be used. So let's say you've got two competitors. They're they're tied in Wazari. and and the person who's about to get thrown does not have a shido. Since you can't lose by shido in regulation, the shido becomes a get out of jail free card. Now, if I understand the golden score rules correctly, the Shido can carry over and in golden score, that can, that can be a deciding factor. Um, but for regulation, I feel that it can give you an, an opportunity to stop play uh, to stop the action if you feel like you're going to be in trouble. And people who are experienced, they know when they're going to be thrown a lot of the time. Not all the time, but they know when they're going to be caught. And that leg grab is your timeout, it's your get-out-of-jail-free card, and for you Monopoly players out there. So I I am not a fan of this. I would have rather they allow the leg grabs or they kept things as Han Sokumaki because I think you're going to see more leg grabs with no action it's just going to be a means to stall the match and I don't think that's good for television viewership because the people who don't know Judo are going to look at that and not understand why grabbing the legs is illegal but he just did it anyway now under the section of safety says the committee examined the rules with regards to safety to ensure Judo has as little trauma as possible that's nice if Uki attempts to avoid landing on their back by any movement which is dangerous for the head, neck, or spine, they shall be penalized with Hansukumaki. I don't know if that's new, but that's how it should have always been. The competitor loses his contest but can continue in the competition if applicable. Okay, well, that's interesting. So, well, uh, okay, you can continue, just not in that match. It's a hansoku not to set a bad example for young judoka, false breakfalls won't be considered as valid actions. Falling on two elbows, the action is counted. Falling on one elbow, the action is not counted. I'm not exactly sure what they're trying to say here. Perhaps athletes and coaches used to make the argument that, well, I landed on both of my elbows and not on my back first, so that's not Nippon. I, I don't really know what they're looking to do there. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that impacts the competitors and how the action is called. The next judo bo- uh, point, anti judo, is boring. immediately penalized. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. All right, all right. Look, look. I know this is my stuff. We're getting to the boring parts here. Just settle down, and we'll get through this. And uh, let me get to this next point, okay? Thank you. Judogi. For a better efficiency and to have a good grip, it is necessary for the jacket to be well-fitted in the belt with the belt tied tightly. To reinforce that, the competitors shall arrange their judogi and belt quickly between Mate and Hajime announced by the referee. Okay, yeah, I think that's a good thing. I think some players... Loosen their belt and their judogi in order to stall during the matches. I don't know if they're going to give a shido if the referee feels like they're stalling. Uh, I think they should so let's take a look at the next bullet point here world ranking points the points will be modified proposition will be made shortly June for juniors the medalist of world junior the medalist of the world. The Junior World Championships will get points in the Senior World Ranking list for this event only. Okay, that won't ever apply to me. And that won't ever apply to any of the students at my club. But but that's good to know regardless. In the event that I get a Junior World Champion in my club. Which is highly unlikely. And this next point... uh, large consensus or they regulated okay so this is clearly the way that some of this english this article written in english was phrased it did sound like they were translating this from from another language i would venture to guess they were translating this from french because this page continues with a french version of this this uh, article so okay so those are the new rules that are going to be in place for this next Olympic cycle. My general feeling, I hate the change on Wazari. I just, that, I, I just, I I can't stand it, to be honest. It drives me mad that they would do something like this. But, I like the changes in Kumikata. Um, I like that they changed that the Shido cannot end the match in regulation. At least that is my interpretation of it. But it, it can end the match in golden score. So it's it's okay. I know Judoka all over the world have been complaining and grumbling online on social media toward the IJF about reinstituting leg grabs. and. I know there are many, many judoka out there, most of them beginners and most of them who never even competed with leg grabs prior to 2010. Um, But for whatever reason, they are angry and upset that leg grabs weren't instituted. And I bet those same people are still grumbling that the leg grabs um, were not added back in uh, for this next Olympic cycle. I think they should have added him back in and should have left Wazari alone. Uh, that would have been really nice to see because I've long argued that it is very difficult to get under the older rules. It's very difficult to get a legitimate Ippon or legitimate Wazari uh, with Morotegari. That is not easy to do. It was very easy or relatively easy to get a Koka or a Yuko with Morote Gari, but, as a, but more difficult to get a, a high score with Morote Gari um, and the single, leg, single legs or, or leg grabs in general. I would have liked to have seen Kataguruma and Tegaruma Sukui Nagi, those type of throws uh, come back for this next Olympic cycle, but it's disappointing that it is, it is not back. I miss those throws. I miss doing uh, personally. I miss doing Koichi Makikomi, uh, but I can still do that that throw without grabbing the leg. But um, but it's it'll be interesting to see if players will use the Shido leg grab rule to their advantage to try and get away with it, because you know, like the old saying goes, it's it's only cheating if you get caught, and. Earlier in these Olympics, there was a uh, Brazilian player who a lot of people thought she had grabbed the leg to get her victory. I believe she won gold in that match. A lot of people were complaining about that. I saw the replay of that match. I saw close-ups. I don't think she grabbed the leg. It looked like she grabbed the leg. But even so, I think she could have grabbed the leg there and the the officials would have missed it. Um, so we'll see how this plays out over the next year. This will definitely change how I teach my classes now that it's going back to, to, uh, less restrictions on Kumikata. I can feel more comfortable teaching a lot of the grip fighting strategies that I've learned over the, over the past decade, really from my, my judo mentor and coach and, and friend. Um, it's important for me to to teach others a lot of the things that he taught me and I can get into that more in my next podcast, how much my coach means to me and um, what he did for my judo development. And we can talk about that next time unless there is just some, some other crazy news that comes out of the judo world. Um, so we can talk about that in the next podcast. As for this podcast, I think I've talked your ear off long enough. Yeah, I know. Thank God. Right. So I'll wrap things up here. So from sunny Tampa Bay, Florida, I hope you are all having a great weekend. If you're somewhere around the world where it's a Monday, I hope you're having good Monday. Hope you all stay safe out there training and I hope you all have a great day. Thank you for checking in. My name is Dave Roman. Um. Oh, Twitter, Twitter. Yeah. You know, you can follow me on Twitter if you want at la vida judoka. You can email me at judo.dave.roman at gmail.com. And if you want to get onto my mailing list, where every three days I send you a email about a special technique that I'm teaching. I don't have one of those. But you can email me anyway. You can reach out to me on Twitter. If you want to reach, see me on Instagram, see what this this uh, handsome man looks like, you could go to D underscore Rome 40, R-O-M-E 40. And you can see pictures of my life if that interests you. And um, you can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter. You can send me an email. I am not on Facebook. I hate Facebook. I don't, I, it doesn't, uh, do anything for me I don't care about uh, what your cat did earlier today I don't care you know, if you brush your teeth or had oatmeal for breakfast I don't care about that so I don't follow Facebook I, I don't go on Facebook um, but I like other forms of social media and you can reach out to me there and you can give me a phone call at area code 813 <laughs> no no way but uh, anyway thank you for checking in it has been my pleasure being here with you on this podcast, and um, hope you all having a great day. Take care, stay safe. Tell somebody you love that you love them. I'm out. Up Gangnam Star. Gangnam Star.